Do you want to multiply disciples of Jesus, take cities for God, ignite mighty prayer movements, and spark a third great awakening in the United States? You have come to the right place. If you long to see people love Jesus passionately, live in purity, and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what we do. My goal is to encourage and invest in the move of God happening in South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. This is the Five State Revival Podcast. Welcome to the Five State Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Mann, and I feel so excited right now about what Jesus is doing in our five-state region, in particular on university campuses. I just spent the past two days with a ministry called the Circuit Riders at the University of South Dakota. And this is a ministry from Youth with a Mission, and they really go travel around to universities uh, in the United States and just carry the love of Jesus there, unify campus ministries, and spread spark student missions movements on campus. And I had such a good time with them these last two days. I found out that there's uh, out of a campus of about 10,000 or so students at the University of South Dakota, there's only about 90 active Christians on the campus who are active in some kind of campus ministry. But we were there and we had this awesome worship night where, and the gospel was shared this past Monday night. And there were approximately 250 students that jammed into this hall. It was absolutely packed out. And 30 of them gave their lives to Jesus at the end of the night. And the spirit was moving during worship. I mean, students were encountering the Lord. Of course, the 30 students committed to following Jesus and giving their life to him, which is huge when you think about there only being 90 Christians on campus and then 30 people get saved. I feel so excited about it. I met a number of uh, student leaders on that campus who are just, God is raising them up with an apostolic vision to pioneer uh, a move of God on the campus. And I really believe that a major breakthrough happened there uh, the other night when we were there. And these guys have a heart. They have a vision. Um, I believe that what was started even this past week is going to continue to multiply. And here's what's in my heart when I'm praying for you. I want to ask you to pray for this as well. You know, if, if right now there's approximately 90 believers on that campus, I'm believing God and praying that by the end of next year, that there'll be more than 300 believers, student followers of Jesus at the University of South Dakota, that there will be a movement that takes root on that campus and really begins to take off there. So please join me in prayer for that. Um, the Circuit Rider team is actually now in North Dakota. They're going to be in Bismarck and they're going to be in Fargo doing ministry there. So I'm excited. That's our five-state region uh, to see God break out in power get students in love with Jesus where they'll give their lives for him and go anywhere to carry the love of Jesus to people. So praise God for that. And I got another testimony um, that I wanted to share with you this week. God brought this to my mind um, a few days ago. It was something that actually happened a number of years ago in, at my church, but he brought it to my mind to share with you. So we had a season, we have a, a house of prayer that meets on Friday nights at my church. And uh, in Huron, South Dakota, we pray four hours every Friday night. And there was a season, a couple weeks uh, that happened a number of years ago, where the Holy Spirit was just laying on our hearts to cry out to him for the salvation of people in our city 
who are trapped in homosexuality, that God would save them, that God would deliver them from that bondage and um, set them free. And so around this season where God was leading us, and we were just praying on this for several weeks in a row, all of a sudden this lady shows up in my church one Sunday morning and she comes in and she was just committing her life. She wants to follow Jesus, you know? And so we're like, praise God. She got plugged into a discipleship group and she was, you know, coming faithfully participating for two or three months. And I remember two or three months into getting to know her as she was coming there, she told us her story. And she said that around the time when we were praying for people in our city to be delivered from homosexuality, she was just, uh, she was uh, sitting in her living room and all of a sudden she just felt the homosexuality leave her. And she told us that she had grown up in a Christian family and that she, but she had been a practicing lesbian for 15 years and that she wanted to stop and she wanted to quit because she knew it wasn't right. She wanted to live for Jesus, but she felt trapped like she couldn't get free from it. Then all of a sudden, one day when in that season, when our church is praying, she's sitting in her living room, just minding her own business. And sudden she says, I just felt it leave me. I felt the homosexuality leave me. I believe it was a demon. Uh, that was energizing and the demon left in response to the prayers of the saints in the city. I was so encouraged by that. And she went on, you know, she was living for God. And all of a sudden, as soon as that thing left her, she just said, I'm going to church. And she came to church and started living for Jesus. So I want to encourage you with that testimony. These are the things that happen when the church in a city is a praying church. So I want to ask you this, what is going to happen in our region when God's people by the thousands begin to engage in fervent worship and faith-filled prayer that moves mountains? I believe it's going to come into a million soul harvest. That's where this thing is going. You know, I remember um, a few years ago, I was listening to a podcast and uh, they these uh, missionaries uh, to uh, a country where there was a lot of Buddhists. So they were really going after Buddhists, wanting to see breakthrough and salvations come forth. But it was going slow for them. And, and really in the whole Buddhist world, they were talking about this on the interview, they're not seeing a lot of salvation. They've not been seeing a lot of breakthrough. And I remember the interviewer asked them this question. The interviewer said, why do you think that we're not seeing the level of breakthrough and salvations happening in the Buddhist world like we are right now in the Muslim world. And you know, this isn't in the news a lot, but God has been powerfully moving. There have been millions of Muslims around the world over the past number of years who have gotten saved and are living for Jesus. There have been uh, thousands of new churches planted and God is moving so powerfully. Um, I, I re I've read books on this about testimonies, about what God is doing. And there are so many Muslims who are having dreams of Jesus or they're having visions where Jesus appears to them and it ends ends up uh, leading to their salvation. And this is happening. This isn't just a case here, a case there. There are hundreds or maybe thousands of these that are happening in the Muslim world. And there's just revival breaking forth in many, many areas. And so, you know, this interviewer was aware and the people being interviewed, the Buddhist missionaries knew that uh, God was moving and there was so much breakthrough in the Muslim world. And so he, you know, when he asked, why aren't we seeing this kind of breakthrough in the Buddhist world? I thought she gave an amazing answer. The, the missionary to the Buddhist people said this. She says, you know, I remember back in the 90s 
when we were hardly seeing any breakthrough at all in the Muslim world. I mean, there were all these conferences going on and how do we reach Muslims? Because missionaries would give their whole life laboring in a Muslim country and sometimes not even see one convert or see only a handful of converts. And they were just like, what do we do to see breakthrough in the Muslim world? And there was this international call to the body of Christ to begin fervently in a focused way praying for revival and for salvation and breakthrough in the Muslim world. And I remember it was it was like a decade or so of just this concentrated call where the body of Christ was, uh, by the thousands, we were just fervently praying for breakthrough um, among the Muslims. And then now, 10, 15 years later, there's revival happening in so many Muslim countries and millions are be, have been saved already. And all these things are happening, these movements of God there. And, and this Buddhist lady, uh, this lady, she's a Christian to the Buddhist, ministering to the Buddhist people. She says, you know what? I believe when we start praying for breakthrough in the Buddhist world, like we did in the Muslim world, we'll see the same kind of breakthrough happen. And you know, that touched my heart because there is such a connection when we pray, when the church focuses in prayer that God would move among groups of people. If we will persevere in that, it is inevitable we will see breakthrough and God will move among those people. And I want to encourage you, there has been a prayer movement happening in our five-state region that's been going on for many years now. There have been hundreds of people who are faithfully giving themselves to prayer for revival and for salvation. And the Lord has spoken that this year, that prayer movement has given birth to a missions movement where God's people, there's going to be a million soul harvest that's going to be Again. And these and God's people are going to begin to live a great commission lifestyle where they're sharing the gospel boldly in love. They're making disciples of Jesus and we are going to see breakthrough. So I want you to be encouraged by that. And by the way, I wanted to just make a couple resources available to you. You know, if you're interested, a lot of times in the news, all we do, we just hear the bad about, you know, what's happening in the Muslim world. And all, that's true. I mean, there's terrorism, there's uh, ISIS, there's a whole lot of demonic, horrible things that are happening in the uh, Islamic world that the devil is doing. But you know what the news doesn't tell you is what God is doing. And if you want to be encouraged and get the other side of the story about what Jesus is doing in the Muslim world, I would encourage you to get two books and read them. The first one is called Killing Christians, and it's authored by Tom Doyle awesome book. Each chapter is a testimony of another Muslim believer, uh, a Muslim who became a follower of Jesus. And it's just amazing. It will move your heart. It's super well written. And then another book is called Miraculous Movements, authored by Jerry Trousdale. This book will light your faith and encourage you. And it will actually give you a heart of compassion to see Muslims saved. And so I encourage you to pick up these resources, be encouraged because God is moving and a prayer movement is giving birth to the missions movement. So let's go ahead and move into the next segment. Hey, I want to take a few minutes here in this podcast and invite you to come to our Gathering the Generals conference that's happening next week 
uh, May 4th through the 6th, we are having a prayer and missions conference. It's a regional conference. We're going to have people there from throughout our five-state region, as well as places uh, like Wyoming, and, and people are coming from there. We uh, And uh, it's going to be awesome. I believe that this is a strategic moment for our region, and I believe that this God is going to use this conference to be a catalytic event that will help spur on the movement uh, the missions and the prayer movement in our region. There is a calling on South Dakota and the surrounding region to be fervent in prayer and also to be a, a place that uh, an apostolic training center where laborers are trained and sent out into unreached people groups groups around the world to finish the Great Commission. I believe there's a calling on our region for that. And we're in a strategic moment in 2018 um, where we're going to see significant advance in that calling in our region. And so I want to play this uh, audio clip for you um, from Randy Martinez. He's going to be one of our key speakers at this event. He's from the MAPS Global. Uh, it's a mission school um, based out of Virginia. And um, I want to just play this for you because I think he casts vision really well for what God is doing in our region. Martinez here, president of MAPS Global, and I want to invite you to join me uh, this May in Huron, South Dakota for the Gathering the Generals Conference. You know, I have a lot of anticipation about what God's going to say and do in this catalytic moment uh, in May. We're living in a day right now where God is bringing together streams from the body of Christ, that which our fathers, the fathers of these movements have labored for, the sons are going to begin to carry together in a convergence way. I'm talking about day and night prayer and worship, married to revival signs and wonders, married to thrusting laborers to the ends of the earth to bring the gospel and make Jesus' name famous. And I believe that God is birthing something right now in South Dakota and in the surrounding region of somewhat of a wineskin that's going to carry prayer, revival, and missions. And so I, I just want to invite you to join me. If you're an uh, intercessor, if you're a worshiper, if you're a singer, if you're a musician, a revivalist, a leader, to gather together with us uh, first weekend of May and see what God says, because I believe he's going to release blueprints for the next season, and I cannot wait to be with you guys. So sign up uh, online, and I'll see you there. Okay, so that is Randy Martinez talking about the Gathering the Generals conference that's coming up. Some of the other guest speakers that we're going to have there that are going to be doing breakout sessions. Of course, David Bradshaw is our other keynote speaker. He will be there, and he's from the Fredericksburg uh, Prayer Furnace in uh, in Virginia. Um, he's also uh, one of the leaders of Awaken the Dawn, which is a a prayer and missions movement that's uh, happening in our nation right now. Um, some of the breakout sessions that will be happening is we have um, Josh Lindquist from Minnesota is going to be here, and he's going to be teaching a breakout session on power evangelism. We also have uh, Josh, I mean John Glasser. He's the legion, the leader of Collision ministry. It's a youth ministry based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They have a vision to multiply, uh, just to spark movements where uh, a student-led discipleship groups are just multiplying throughout their city. Their goal is to have 2,000 student-led groups by the year 2020. And I, uh, when I talked to them recently, they actually have 110 
student-led groups meeting in Sioux Falls right now that are sharing the gospel. They're making disciples of Jesus. And um, I want to encourage you. He's going to do a breakout session on what you can do in your city. If you have a heart for youth and you want to see God move among young people and you're interested in say, what can I do to just birth a movement where there's just students who are making disciples and multiplying more disciples and more groups? Uh, These guys are doing it in Sioux Falls and he's going to do a whole breakout session on how you can help catalyze this kind of a student-led movement in the city where you live. Also, we're super excited to have um, Dave and Jeannie Kaufman, Pastor Dave and Jeannie Kaufman from Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. They are a mother and father in the faith. They've been pastoring for uh, many decades now. They planted that church in Brookings, and they are really a father and a mother in the spirit in our region. They're going to be talking about living a life of faith, which if you know Dave and Jeannie at all, they embody that message. They are people who live in faith and love and joy. That's always what stands out to me about them. They're just absolutely amazing. They're going to do a breakout session on living a life of faith. And then finally, I'm going to be teaching a breakout session on disciple making. So how do I make a disciple of Jesus? You know, I believe that we need to have a plan in place for what we're going to do with this million soul harvest because it's going to break upon us. And uh, when it happens, we need to be equipped and have a plan. What are we going to do to disciple them so that they become mature followers of Jesus and learn to obey Jesus' commands as a lifestyle? So I'm going to be doing some practical training on that topic as well. So come to the conference. You can register by going to the Five State Revival Facebook page and then click on the Gathering the Gathering the Generals post that's at the top of our page. And you can register right online by clicking on that post. So hope to see you there and we'll move into the next segment. So I want to talk to you in this segment. I just want to do a um, just a, a short exhortation about a topic that's really been on my heart for many, many years, you know, and that's the topic of how do you keep your passion for Jesus burning brightly for all the days of your life? You know, none of us wants to be a person who lives for Jesus for a few years where we're on fire for God and then we just get lukewarm or we end up worse falling away from the Lord altogether and we're not even in the kingdom of God anymore. And uh, none of us wants to be like that. We want to be the person who 20, 30, 40 years from now, we are burning even more bright for Jesus uh, than we ever have before. So this has always been something that's been in my heart as a follower of Jesus. I've been living for him for almost 25 years now. And I, and I know my own weakness. I'm like, God, I could fall away from you and fall into the worst sin that's possible just like anybody else except for your grace. I know my weakness. I need your grace. And I feel like God has given me lots of grace over the years and uh, helped me, just giving me some practical wisdom for myself because he loves me and he doesn't want me to fall away either. God's plan is that we would bear fruit that remains. And so I shared last week on this topic and I talked about the importance of knowing, being aware of our own weakness and um, uh, being confident in God's grace to keep us from falling away. And uh, today I want to talk about 
practical things that you can do to stay connected with Jesus in your relationship with him. And I, these are things that I train every new believer to do. These are massive priorities in my own life. It's just five practical habits that will help you grow a deep root system in your relationship with Jesus and keep you strong and vibrant in your passion for him and in your witness so that you can continue to bear fruit decade after decade after decade after decade and not fall away from the Lord. So I want to start out by reading Luke chapter 8, verse 13. This is out of the Amplified Version of the Bible. And this is Jesus speaking. And he's telling in the middle of explaining a parable that he just told about the four soils. And he's talking about one of those soils. And he says, those on the rocky soil are the people who, when they hear the word of God, receive and they, they welcome the word with joy. But these have no firmly grounded, grounded root they believe for a while, and in time of trial and temptation, they fall away from me and abandon their faith. You know, Jesus said plainly, it is, there are people who hear the word of God and immediately receive it and welcome it with joy. they like, yes, I believe, I want to follow the Lord. Maybe they have this dramatic experience with the Lord even, and they'll say, I'm in, Lord, I want to follow you. But they don't do the things it takes to build roots to their faith. And so he says clearly the the ultimate result of those people is that they their trials and temptations come just like they come to every follower of Jesus in this age but these ones actually he says fall away from him and abandon their faith altogether. You know this is a a real possibility for people and I feel like one of the priorities he's emphasizing in this verse is the priority of building a strong root system in your relationship with Jesus. And there's five habits that I want to share with you that you should build into your life that will help you stay strong and vibrant in your walk with Jesus and make your roots go deep in him. The first habit is the habit of prayer. You need to determine in your heart that you are going to have a vibrant prayer life. Of course, all of us go through seasons where we feel like our prayer life, our connection with the Spirit ebbs and flows Um, for different reasons at different times. But when it's a mega priority in your life, when you're just like, I am going to be a man or a woman that has a vibrant prayer life, you can feel when it's not what you feel it should be. And when you know it's a priority, you make the adjustments necessary to give yourself in time, build it into your schedule where you're investing time in fellowshipping with Jesus, you know, worshiping him, talking to him in prayer, presenting your petitions to him. Prayer is not something that everybody automatically starts off great at. It's it's a habit, it's a that we learn to do as we practice fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you, habit number 1, build time into your life where you're going to pray and commune with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And of course our goal is to have those focused times of prayer, but also as we go through our day to live in that communion with the Holy Spirit. That's our goal. So the second habit is to determine in your heart that you're going to be a person who it goes deep in the word of God and reads the Bible daily. You know, these two habits of prayer and Bible reading are big priorities uh, in my life. And I, and I, you know, I remember hearing a statistic when I was just in Bible college and uh, in the denomination that I was a part of at the time. 
they had statistics on ministers who ended up committing adultery or some huge sin or something like that, and they fell away from the Lord. And there was a huge percentage of them, when interviewed afterward, they are trying to be restored, that confessed that long before they ever committed the affair or whatever big thing that they did and it became public that they weren't right with God, long before that, they had stopped praying. They had stopped reading the word just for the purpose of enjoying God and learning and having the word speak to them and shape and form their life so that they could repent, so that they could make adjustments and learn and put into practice what they're learning. They had stopped doing that for themselves years before. They just read the Bible now for to get a message to give to people. And I want to tell you, build the habit into your life. Guard it jealously. Make everything else in your life revolve around this. Every day, spend time in the in prayer and in the Bible. Reading the Bible over the 25, almost 25 years I've been serving the Lord, the daily habit of reading the Bible, and I don't do it every day. It's my goal to do it every day, but you know, I miss days here and there, but I have diligently for years now, God's given me grace. This is a huge priority in my life. I've been faithful with this uh, through God's grace. And so I would say for sure, just the daily habit of Bible reading has been huge for me in my growth with the Lord. And even in my ministry, so much of what I teach and what I preach comes from the overflow. I'm just spending time in the word and a passage speaks to me and God talks to me and and it hits my heart in a fresh way and it's burning in my heart for myself. And then I end up preaching it to my congregation or I end up sharing it with others and I pass it on so that it helps them as well. But that daily habit of prayer and Bible reading is a non-negotiable for being a person who has a deep root system, history in your relationship with God and who's strong in the faith to keep us from falling away, that keep that connection with Jesus strong. The third habit is obedience. You know, it is impossible to serve Jesus, obviously, without obedience. So, uh, you know, but sometimes I slip up in these areas and the spirit convicts me when I'm reading the word or I, or I reflect and I say, you know what, here's an area of my life where three years ago I was diligent in this area, but I've neglected it for the past however many years and I'm not really obeying Jesus in this area anymore. And I need to repent and make adjustments and obey Jesus in that area again. But obeying Jesus, no matter what the cost, as your priority is a huge part of building a root system and staying on fire for God. The fourth habit is godly fellowship. No believer was created to live in isolation. We are part of a family with God as our father. It's the family of God. And one of the key ways that God imparts grace to each one of us is through our fellowship with other believers. When we hear what God is doing in their life, it rubs off on us and strength is given to us. When we um, are corrected and uh, they hold us accountable for areas where we're slipping or they're able to give us wise and godly feedback or when we're struggling, they give us encouragement and comfort. You know, we all need that. We all go through hard times. And uh, we, blessed is the man and the woman who has uh, a circle of godly believers around them that you're regularly fellowshipping with and sharing your heart with and receiving encouragement and wisdom and feedback from. So godly fellowship is a huge priority. And the fifth habit that you need to build into your life is ministering to other people. You know, ministering to other people is a key way that we actually keep ourselves in the flow of God's grace. 
And so, I, you know, there are seasons where um, I'll just, I'll shut off ministry. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just like, hey, I'm tired. I've just had six or seven huge days in a row. I'm taking my day off today. I'm shutting out the needs of the world and I'm just going to enjoy God. I'm going to enjoy my family. There are seasons when I do that, but that should not be the pattern for our regular life. We need to have a rhythm of life where we're regularly serving other people in the power and in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, sharing the word of God with lost people, making disciples, praying for the sick, you know, just serving people. And this is a way that we keep ourselves in the flow of God's grace as well. So I want to just uh, finish this segment off by reading to you a quote from Jesus out of John chapter 15. And in John 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And then he's speaking to his disciples, his closest, most devoted followers. And he says this, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. But listen to this quote. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You know, when I read that verse, that is just a fact of life. I, it is impossible. No branch, Jesus says, can bear any fruit by itself. We can only bear fruit if we remain connected to Jesus. We maintain that intimate connection of abiding in him through our fellowship with him, through obedience and devotion to him, through trusting in him and active faith and an active communion with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? If you and I really believe that what Jesus says here is true, it is impossible for me to have any kind of good fruit that matters at all to God in eternity unless I stay connected to him. All of a sudden, I realize that all of my labor apart from abiding in him is worthless and it has no eternal value whatsoever. Now, if that be the case, which it is, Jesus is stating it matter of fact, then you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes to stay closely connected to Jesus. Whatever it takes. Because I have nothing to give apart from him abiding in me, his word abiding in me. So I got to do whatever it takes to get his word in me, to stay close to God and stay connected to him in fellowship. Because I can't do anything worthwhile apart from that. I've actually talked to believers who, you know, great businessmen and, and even pastors who are just like, you know, I just don't, I'm so busy with my work or my ministry I'm working 50 hours a week, whatever it is. I just don't have time to pray and read the Bible. And I told him, I was like, you know what? It's like that you're wrong. The fact is, is that you can't even, all that work can't produce any good fruit unless you're abiding in him. And so you're, you have to make the time to stay close to Jesus. And then your other work will be blessed as well. And you know, Jesus says this in verse five of that same passage, John 15, He's, he gives a promise he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now listen to this. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. You know, this is a promise from God that it is impossible to not bear fruit if you stay close to him. If you will make the priority of your life abiding in Jesus closely, he will see to it absolutely that you will bear not just some fruit, but much fruit. Later in the passage, he says, I chose you to bear 
fruit that remains, fruit that will last for all of eternity. The key is abiding in Jesus. I have so many dear friends, even um, leaders and, and godly leaders who spoke into my life in years past who are now not even serving Jesus. They've fallen away from the Lord. And you know what? My heart is this, is that we would abide in Jesus so that would not be us. The promise from God is this, is that there is grace for us to bear fruit that remains and to not fall away from the Lord. But we have to do our part to cooperate with the grace of God by abiding deeply in Jesus. So I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would stir my heart, that you would stir every person who's listening to this podcast right now to prioritize their connection with you and their connection with their family. God, I pray that you would give them the grace and the wisdom to block out time every day that they're going to read the word and pray, that their prayer life would go deep. Father, that their um, that their, time, their word life in the word would go deep in God and that they would bear much fruit that remains for the Father's glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that already. You can do that on iTunes or on SoundCloud. It's the Five State Revival Podcast. Just go ahead and subscribe to it. And if this is a podcast that's blessed you over the last couple months since I've been doing it, would you just give it a positive review? Um, that would be awesome to help get the word out to other people so that they can be encouraged as well. And if you could share this podcast, even on your Facebook page, so that your friends can hear about it and listen to it and be edified as well. I speak blessings over you in the name of Jesus. And I look forward to talking with you again in our next episode. God be with you. Thank you.